Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. Welcome to Your Discipleship Coach with Michael Smith. Each week, Michael uses his coaching expertise to encourage you to apply biblical truth to everyday life as you pursue Christ. Michael is a professional certified leadership, business, and life coach, serving as president of Professional Coach University, executive director of New Normal Coaching, and the lead pastor at Northwest Church. To learn more, visit yourdiscipleshipcoach.com, partnering with you to fulfill God's purpose in your life. Here's Michael. Well, thank you for listening today to this episode of Your Discipleship Coach, partnering with you to fulfill God's purpose in your life. I'm your host, Michael Smith, and I'm here to encourage you to apply biblical truth to everyday life as you pursue Christ. I'm excited about today's show as it reflects some of the work that I am doing as I am heading toward the end of my doctoral journey here. And I'm spending today's show talking with you about spiritual formation and the use of assessments in that process. I want to kick off here in the beginning by giving us a frame and an understanding of what we mean when we use this phrase, spiritual formation. You might be more familiar with the word discipleship or maybe just spiritual growth or development. And as I talk about formation, it encapsulates all of those thoughts, and I'll explain why. So let's begin today as we think about the fact that Christianity is about knowing God. I have this philosophy that as a church, the church of Jesus, some of us have been guilty of making a mistake where we have relegated discipleship to what I call a tell and be told model. What I mean is we rely on the pulpit to tell information or a small group leader to tell information, a Sunday school teacher to tell information. And we assume that successful discipleship is telling that information and others hearing it. But I'm here to say today that although that's a great teaching method, it's one of the teaching methods, especially in adolescent education. But I'm here to say today that discipleship is less of a tell and be told model and more of a know and be known model. So the idea of spiritual formation discipleship is that we would know God and then be vulnerable enough to identify that God knows us. We know God and we're known by God. Discipleship is so beautiful because it's also about a relationship with another or others. The Bible describes this as an iron sharpening iron relationship where we spur one another on. So we know and we're known by God, but we know and we're known by others. See, knowing God is part of the spiritual formation uh, construct. 
Another part of spiritual formation is action. The Bible says in James, faith without works is dead. In fact, I'm going to read that passage to you. What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or a sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if not accompanied by action, is dead. So part of the spiritual life and the formation of believers, spiritual formation, is about knowing God, but it's also about practicing our faith. In other words, our actions is an indicator of our faith. Listen to what Matthew chapter 7 records. I'll begin reading at verse 15 as I frame this thought today. Watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. By their fruit, you will recognize them. This is the action. I'll say that again. By their fruit, you will recognize them. The explanation continues. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree, it bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. So here's the conclusion. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit, you will recognize them. So today we're talking about spiritual formation in the the context of assessments. And I want us to know two important thoughts. Knowing God and practicing mission or our faith are two important components of spiritual formation. So knowing God and practicing mission. See, formation, I want us to think about this idea of formation just for a moment. Formation is the act of forming or, to use a different word, creating something. For a season of my life, I was a professional trumpet player. And so my professional trumpet career was formed or empowered, informed, created by the many hours of practice that I, I uh, endured and, and enjoyed. So my professional career was formed by what I practiced. The same thing is true when a, a potter forms a pot out of clay. It's a shaping of that pot. A river might form a valley because it goes through the valley. A formation or an arrangement of something is is a description of formation. For example, a football team can be in a different formation for a certain play. There are battle formations for troops and aircraft and military endeavors. There, if you drive on the highway, clouds are often in formations that you can identify. Or I like this simple description of floral arrangement. See, spiritual formation These are the examples. So God is spiritually forming us. In other words, he is shaping us like clay. Or he's developing us like a river develops or forms a valley. He is arranging the parts of our life for his purpose, like a floral arrangement or a battle formation. The truth is God forms 
us. And it's recognizable and noticeable like clouds in the sky. We can notice, others can notice. But most importantly, as God forms us, he notices. So knowing God and practicing mission are two important components of spiritual formation. But there's one additional foundational component. Knowing God, practicing mission, and knowing yourself. Knowing yourself. See, as God creates us, we are aware of who we are. I want you to think about the young adult that is on a quest to find themselves. They journey and experiment, sometimes to their demise, oftentimes to the disgruntled perspective of parents. But their endeavor is to discover who they are or to find themselves. And see, this is important for believers as, as we engage in a formative or a discipleship process to find and discover who we are and who we are in the eyes of God. It's a question of identity. The question we're asking is, who are we or what is our identity? So formation, spiritual formation, is understanding who God is and it's understanding who we are, who God's created us to be. And when we put those together, then we practice our mission. And in the second half of the show, we're going to unpack what it means to identify who we are. But to, to frame that, before we go to the second half of the show, I want us to understand, as you're listening in today, we are created humanity. God created us from a divine perspective, and we are God's creation. As he's created us, he's created us for some deliberate purposes. Primarily, he's created us to worship him. As humanity, part of our function, part of our identity, part of who we are as believers and followers of Jesus, followers of the one true God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, is to attribute worth we call this worship, to attribute worth and honor to God. And, and not just to give that in our thinking and in our, our uh, perspective, but also to give our worship through our service to the one true God, to fulfill God's mission. So this is what we do. We worship him, but we do so so his name is glorified or raised above others. So we are here to serve God's purpose and to glorify the Father. This is spiritual formation. So I want us just to recap. Spiritual formation is about uh, three components. Number one, it's about knowing God. Number two, it's about knowing ourselves. And in the second half of the show, we're going to unpack some assessments and how they work and how they function to help us know ourselves. The third component is to practice mission, to practice our faith because faith without works is dead, because our actions are indicators to ourselves, to others, and to God of our faith. So spiritual formation is about knowing God. It's about knowing ourself. And it's about practicing our mission. So as we get into the second half of the show in just a moment, just after break, we're going to unpack what it looks like to assess ourselves, to better know ourselves. I'm going to break down several assessments, talk about how they impact your spiritual life, and we're also going to identify the power of tapping into coaching with each assessment. 
but I thank you right now for spending some time with me. I am Michael Smith, your discipleship coach, partnering with you to fulfill God's purpose in your life. So hold tight for the second half of the show as we unpack how assessments can help inform the power of our spiritual lives. Stick with us as you listen. And we're back. Thank you for staying tuned in to Your Discipleship Coach, partnering with you to fulfill God's purpose in your life. I'm Michael Smith, and excited that you are with us. And in the first half of the show, we had a conversation about spiritual formation and three primary components, knowing God, knowing ourselves, and practicing mission. And in this segment, we're going to talk about knowing ourselves through the lens of evaluating six assessments. I offer so many assessments as I do my coaching and specifically discipleship coaching. So as you listen in today, I want us to think about what assessment might be helpful for me. So I want to kick right in. There's a very popular assessment called the DISC assessment. Now, the DISC assessment evaluates and then categorizes you into one of four primary areas, D, I, S, and C. D stands for a dominant temperament. So it's dominance that describes people who are driven and forceful, more robust than that. But for the sake of understanding, I'll stop there. Or you could be identified as a person of influence. Influence describes people who are often enthusiastic, high-spirited, and influenced people. Another category is steadiness. Steadiness describes people who are gentle and accommodating. And the final component would be conscientious, D-I-S-C. The C is conscientious. Conscientiousness describes people who are analytical, who are reserved. What I like about this particular assessment is it gives you an accompaniment of another trait. So you might be a, a, a uppercase D, dominant, with a lowercase I, influence. So a dominant personality supported by a temperament of influence. Or you could be a high I, low C. So an influence that's supported by a conscientious temperament. Now, the Desired outcome for a DISC assessment is to reveal a personality type alongside the strengths and weaknesses of that personality. And, and support exists for each type and, and learning exists from within each type. But when you accompany this assessment with a coach and we know our dominant or our weak temperaments, um, or practiced or unpracticed temperaments, and we look at what holds us back and what moves us forward, coaching can empower us to not only understand our temperament, but to practice it with others that are like or unlike ourselves. So the first assessment is a DISC assessment. The point of this uh, segment today is to introduce you to several assessments. The next one is what I call, or it's called, the Spiritual Leader Traits Assessment. Now, this assessment is a 360 assessment, which means it not only considers self-evaluation, but it considers the evaluation of others. And the results of this 
assessment of the SLTA, Spiritual Leader Traits Assessment, compares self-assessment with the collective assessment of others. And it looks at 24 spiritual leadership assessment traits or 24 spiritual leader traits. All of these traits are organized into five key categories, which uh, are organized together so you can identify them and compare them to others. But there are, uh, with this particular assessment, it, it is accompanied by four coaching conversations. The first one is to understand the data and the four different uh, data reports that are given. And then you begin to explore what traits you're going to start coaching. The next two conversations are coaching conversations centered around one or two particular traits. And then finally, the last conversation coaches one additional trait, but looks at an ongoing development plan that you can use to continue your journey. So this is a new assessment for you, maybe called the SLTA, Spiritual Leader Traits Assessment. I'm just going to rapid fire, give us an evaluation or explanation is more accurate of all of these assessments. The next one is maybe the the growing popular assessment called the Enneagram. The Enneagram uh, breaks down an evaluation or an assessment into nine different temperament types. So it engages your head, your heart, and your gut. And each temperament leans heavier into the head or the heart or the gut. Now, there are many different Enneagram assessment tools. And you can, many different companies produce them. The Enneagram, as a personal assessment, provides clear insight, actually without using a 360. And it also explains what I would call the deadly sins of each number. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. That's one of the numbers of the Enneagram. But as a professional coach, what helps the most is to hire a coach as you navigate your Enneagram number so you can see not just how do I understand myself, but how do I function best with others? Again, that might be like myself or unlike myself. Now, the next assessment might be the most longstanding, successful, leaned into assessment, especially in the business world, also in the church world. It's the most popular over years, considered still to be among, if not the best, and it's called the Myers-Briggs Type Indicator, the MBTI. And they break down their uh, categories of assessment into 16 personality types. This assessment compares and contrasts your approach to life either as an introvert or an extrovert, or as someone that senses Are you sensing or do you use intuition? Are you more thinking or more feeling? Are you more perceiving or more judging? And they take all of these uh, four contrasts and they break down the different um, uh, relationships among them into 16 different types. And this is a fabulous assessment and a fabulous resource that accompanies it. And then, of course, coaching can help you practice and avoid the obstacles that are accompanied with your temperament. Two more I want to uh, introduce to you. And again, I'm just providing some information for you as you assess yourself as part of a spiritual formative journey. Another one is called StrengthsFinder. This is a powerful assessment that bases itself on Gallup's 40-year study of human strengths. The premise of StrengthsFinder is to work on where you're strong instead of just shoring up your weakness. 
when we looked at how this operates in a business world, what's interesting is we learned this, that when a manager ignores you, you have a 40% chance of being actively disengaged. When you're ignored, you're not engaged. When a manager focuses on helping you in your weaknesses, you continue to have a 22% chance of being disengaged. But when a manager focuses on working your strengths, then you have a 1% chance of being disengaged or you're 99% engaged. The Strengths Finder assessment is not designed to create new strengths and actually doesn't even measure strength so much as measuring talent. So there's a formula that, that this assessment uses. I'll, I'll, I'll read it right from the book. Talent, which is a natural way of thinking, feeling, or behaving, when you take talent, times investment, Investment is the time spent practicing or developing a skill or building your knowledge base. So talent times investment. This is the equation. It equals your strength. Talent times investment equals strength. Strength is the ability to consistently provide near-perfect performance. So your strength is based on your talent times the amount of your investment, and that is your strength. So Strengths Finder explores that. The last assessment I want to mention is one of my favorites. It's called Emotional Intelligence. So Bradbury and Graves uh, write this book together, and they define emotional intelligence as your ability to recognize and understand emotions in yourself and in others, and your ability to use this awareness to manage your behavior, and your relationships. So emotional intelligence, EQ, comprises of four components. It assesses self-awareness, self-management, social awareness, and relationship management. It breaks them down and it gives resources and tools to work on all of these areas. So are we aware of ourselves? And maybe we're aware that we get mad easy and we say, well, I just get mad easy. Well, we might be aware, but we may not be managing that awareness very well. So, so it manages self-awareness and self-management. But it also identifies and assesses um, social awareness in, in other situations as we interact with other people. And not only are we aware, but are we managing those relationships? So these are several assessments that we use. I wanted to introduce them to you. The point is to hopefully pique your curiosity. You might be interested in being coached around one of these assessments. This is something that we can do at Your Discipleship Coach. So you can contact us at yourdiscipleshipcoach.com. You can visit us right there. Um, you, in fact, at yourdiscipleshipcoach.com, you can click the free coaching readiness questionnaire to measure if you are ready for coaching. Listen, at Your Discipleship Coach, we want to partner with you. I want to thank you for listening today as we just talked a little bit about spiritual formation and then identified uh, the different ways to assess ourselves as part of that journey. Thanks for listening today. I hope that you share on your social media uh, this show and be sure to visit us at yourdiscipleshipcoach.com and click that free coaching readiness questionnaire. I want to thank you for listening today to Your Discipleship Coach, partnering with you to fulfill God's purpose in your life. I want to tell you that I am for you. God is for you. And if God is for you, who could be 
against you. Thanks for listening. You've been listening today on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Thank you for listening today to Your Discipleship Coach with Michael Smith. We hope you feel encouraged to apply biblical truth to everyday life as you pursue Christ. Be sure to follow Michael and Your Discipleship Coach on social media. You'll find the links at yourdiscipleshipcoach.com. And while you're there, you can click the Give Now button to support this show and to provide scholarships to pastors and Christian leaders to receive coaching. To learn more, visit yourdiscipleshipcoach.com. That's yourdiscipleshipcoach.com. Partnering with you to fulfill God's purpose in your life.